Welcome to the Superconscious Success Podcast, where Jen and her Superconscious Success family co-hosts bring you valuable content each and every week on topics relating to manifestation, spirituality, and most of all, using your superconscious to manifest success in all areas of your life. Now on to today's episode. Hey there, Superconscious Success fam. Welcome back to another episode. Thank you so much for joining me. If you are a little bit confused, then this episode is actually emerging from mine and Carl's Your Spiritual Shift, which was a a different podcast that we actually ran not too long ago. I've decided to merge it with the Superconscious Success podcast as a new segment. So any episode moving forward will actually be a part of the Superconscious Success podcast. Now, if you are wanting to know anything about ascension, about spirituality, about manifestation, about law of attraction, we even have channeling episodes in there. If you're interested in all of that, figuring out how you can actually transcend, how you can actually move from 3D to 5D and so much more, then this segment is the one that you're going to be wanting to go to. So thanks so much for joining us in this episode and we'll catch you soon. In our incredible lineup of light workers, quantum energy healers, channels, ascended masters, intuitives, and teachers of true spirituality, continue here on this podcast, Your Spiritual Shift. Hi, I'm Carl Gruber, along with my most awesome co-host, Jennifer Matthews. We welcome you to this new episode of yet another amazing and enlightening guest. Before we check in with our guests, please make sure to take a moment to click that subscribe button below so that you never miss a single episode of this show. Now, here's my buddy Jennifer Matthews to introduce our featured guest to you. Thanks for that, Carl. Hey there, spiritual shifters. Welcome back to another incredible interview. Now, today we're actually going to be talking to Sarah Lawrence, and I've known Sarah for um, probably a couple of years now, and she is absolutely amazing. She is an Akashic Akashic Records intuitive, an empath, a psychic medium, a reflexologist, an angel card reader, a remote viewer, an expert in NLP, and so much more. And that is just the beginning of her talents and expertise. Now, she's got so much to tell you, so I'm really looking forward to you learning about her story. So welcome to your spiritual shift, Sarah. Hi, Jennifer. Hi, Carl. Uh, I'm so happy to be here, and hello to everyone out there. Yeah, and we're so happy to have you here. And like I said, I, I've known you for a little while now and I was really excited to have you on, on this program. And so before we actually get started, can you give us a little bit of an insight into your story and how you came to know the Akashic Records and stuff? Yes, thanks for asking. Uh, so I think it's true to say I've always been highly sensitive. Even as a small child, I was aware of people's energy in unusual ways and things that happened in environments in odd situations as well. But I never really had any languaging for it or anyone to share that with. Mm. Um, so I went through my life, stuffed all those kind of experiences down like a lot of people do in their teen years, carried on very much focused on work, different types of jobs, um, marriage to different people and then on the second marriage in uh, kind of around uh, my late 30s early 40s when I had kids energy started to open up for me come mm-hmm. a long story short I got involved in uh, reflexology and energy work 
And after five years of practicing energy work, I found myself having a spontaneous open opening to the Akashic Records. Nice. And I think probably when I look back on it now, the energy work kind of set me up to do that with yeah. all that experience and, and work in a particular form of energy work called the EMF balancing technique. So some people on this call might have heard of that. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And so before we get started, can you just give our listeners a bit of an insight into what the Akashic Records are and how they may affect each and every one of us? Certainly. Well, I think the easiest way, because everyone, you know, you hear lots of different definitions about the Akashic Records because we are all awakening up to this fifth dimensional mm. energy or fifth dimensional awareness. But uh, one way I like to describe it as a, is as a particular type of electrical energy that mm -hmm. can be sensed or felt. It comprises of our energy field. It's, if you like, stored in our bodies, even down to the DNA level. Sometimes we can be aware of it through our chakras, uh, our nervous systems, parasympathetic, sympathetic nervous systems. So you can think of it as a multi-dimensional level of consciousness that we can choose to tune into. And not only people have Akashic records, a house can have an Akashic record, a genus of trees can have an Akashic record. Guess what? Gaia also has a, an Akashic record. So it's a massive database of information, if you like, at an energetic level. That's the way I like to define it. I've had uh, on my own uh, solo podcast, World Awakenings, I've had Lisa Barnett, who's the uh, author mm. of she, uh, Akashic Records, um, the pathway to, or um, I'm sorry, the insight of the Akashic Records. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. She describes Akashic Records as a library of the soul. Is that appropriate? Yes, we could certainly use that term. What I've found in my experience and working with clients too is because each of our energies is so individual. We mm. each have an individual divine soul blueprint, which is our soul origination information, layer onto that our experiences of many lives, and then whatever our current experiences of present life are, it's my view that we kind of all have a different frame of reference when it comes to how we relate to the Akashic Records. Mm. So, you know, from Lisa's perspective, I'm sure that's the exact truth for her, the divine truth for her, if you like. For me, it's much more of an energetic experience because that is the way a lot of my gifts come through, kind of at the energetic sensory level. So do so each of us, obviously, we all have our Akashic records. And mm -hmm. are we all able to tap into those Akashic records? Is there is there some way or do we have to be like of a certain energetic frequency to be able to access them? That's a really fascinating question. My view is that the majority of people could choose to learn to access their Akashic records. Okay. Uh, as far as frequency goes, though, because that's a, kind of like a two-layer question, the other yeah. aspect of that is it kind of happens when people are ready. Yeah. Because it's uh, from what I've learned so far after 10 years of giving readings to date is that people have a certain um, level of expansion or vibrational awareness. And when it hits a certain um, expansion. I wouldn't want to call it level even because that's too much of a human perspective. You know, yeah. you think of it as like a flower opening or something. 
then people start being able to consistently be aware in their consciousness of the fifth dimension. Mm. And that is where the information about the soul and the Akashic records is stored. So a lot of us are very comfortably beginning to hit the fourth dimension now on a more regular basis. And this is because many more people are meditating, uh, working on themselves, doing yoga, you know, Tai Chi. And they're more curious with it. They're more curious about it now. And I think that when 2020 and 2021 hit, especially in 2021, because that was a hard year for a lot of people, it was a year I found that there was a lot of spiritual awakening happening. I could, yeah. Like the energy on the earth was so different um, than, than I've seen in my lifetime. It, it was crazy. And even, even just personally, it was, it was a, a mm. difficult year. But, um, but because of personal transformation, and I think that we've come into 2022 with a whole whole new set of people that have awakened, a whole new set of people mm. that are on their journey, which, which is awesome. I mean, that's what we're looking for. We're looking for trying to help people to recognise um, their consciousness, to recognise that that they're capable of of anything and so I think that's amazing as we've come into 2022 so um why is it important then that um people can access their Akashic records how can that actually help them on their journey towards awakening on their journey towards enlightenment how can the Akashic records help that's uh, can you say cracking down under Jennifer you say that's a cracking question <laughs> that might just be a northern Irish expression but it sounds cracking Australian it? <laughs> yeah, it is that's totally. a cracking question yeah so you know how can it help people evolve well think of it like this just imagine if you were an incarnated being walking around on a planet and there was all this information you could access about all the different ways you've ever done everything as an incarnated being mm-hmm. do you think that would be useful to access maybe uh, that would be so much fun <laughs> I, I know because Sarah Sarah actually did a reading for me and mm-hmm. I still refer to that, all of that information, don't I, Carl? I came back and I'm like, Carl, Carl, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> Um, because it is, it is so, it's so exciting to learn about, you know, whether you're learning about your past lives, whether you're learning mm. about um, your origination, which I found really fascinating, um, mm. or whatever it is, it does. It gives you a bit of an insight into into your soul and into who you are, and and um, so yeah, I totally agree. What about you, Carl? What do you think? Well, I was wondering, <clears throat> would this be a, a simple explanation that the Akashic Records is where uh, all of the karma of all of our lifetimes is stored? Is that a simple explanation? Uh, yes, in the sense that your karma can certainly be read and looked at within the Akashic Records. But kind of think of it as the car- our karma is this is my definition of karma. First of all, I always like to define things if we're going to mm. talk about the higher concepts, because lots, you know, we all have our different frame of references and experiences, and we might, you know, be sharing different ideas from different traditions or experiences in our lives. So my view or my um, frame of reference definition of karma is that it's a series, it's what I call a karmic pattern. So it's a series of choices that a soul might make in a particular lifetime that is not in alignment with who that soul really is at soul level. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, 
we all probably can think of times in our lives where we made a decision later on we were like that really isn't a match for who I am yeah and I either have to carry on and in comes the chain of choice and consequence right so I really have to carry on with that particular alley I've walked down you know until the end until the conclusion or I can make a choice to do something different so anything and so let's imagine like somebody living in I don't know medieval times I'm going to make it a female because that's my perspective currently so a female marries a person she had a feeling in her gut that wasn't the right person for her and it ends up being a disastrous marriage but she can't get out of it because in those days you couldn't get out of marriage mm. you know unless you wanted to be a woman of ill repute or you know something else whatever yeah <laughs> try and run off with you know Bob the blacksmith from the next village or something there wasn't really much chance was there no so that is an example because perhaps that soul has a divine soul blueprint that resonates to divine truth and so that means for that soul they're not living their truth yeah and that is what creates karma or a karmic pattern now you, you live enough of those lives it kind of builds up and you get enough patterns created if you're not consciously aware of clearing them or working on yourself in some way that you end up just re-attracting those similar kinds of situations again and again in all the in some of the following or all of the following lifetimes well i mean life so, life is life is a playground it's a it's a learning ground for us mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. and we you did mention soul blueprint a number of times and i think it's really important for us to touch on the soul blueprint because i've i've the last few days i've really been been thinking about the soul blueprint and mm -hmm. i've been thinking about if we first before we go into that i'm going to get you to explain exactly what a soul blueprint is and then i'll bring up my question so yeah i'd love to uh, so hopefully carl did i shed any light on your question as well just before i talk about the soul blueprint yes. Absolutely. And I, I was just, you know, I don't want to detour here, but I mean, I was just considering, I mean, Akashic Records must also hold our good choices uh, and the good karma too, right? Yay! Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. So perfect. Yeah. And That's so, the fun part. <laughs> yes. And you can do that too. So you can literally, it's like Google. So you can, you know, when you're looking at your Akashic Records, you can set a frame of reference for, you know, I really have some clearing to do in my life because the majority of clients come to me with a block or a mm. restriction. Oh, sorry about that. Something going off on my computer here. Hang on a sec. Crazy. <laughs> Can you guys actually hear that yeah. or is that just me? Oh, no, I'm trying to stop it. <laughs> it's okay. You can't hear it very much, so it's all good. No worries. We'll just okay, it should stop in a sec. There we go. I'm so sorry about that. I thought I'd block that all out. That's yeah, all good. It must be the universe calling. It right? is, absolutely. Yeah. So we were just talking about, remind me what we were just talking about, because I tend to start to channel. The so. good karma for the Akashic Records. Yeah. So, yes, we can actually mine good karma. So we can mine what if, and this is somebody, uh, somebody has proposed this for a long time. I don't know if you're aware of this guy called Lee Carroll. Mm -hmm. who yes. Is a channeler. Yeah, love he, him. He talks about mining the Akash, right? Mm -hmm. that's what that is so you can say for him he was a sound engineer very shy guy you know mm -hmm. didn't want to be at the front of the room channeling some entity called cryon mm -hmm. he had to figure out the way to speak speak clearly and get the information across and so cryon said to him why don't you find a past life 
that relates to you having been a great orator because you were. Ah. And so he did. And that's how he became such a great public speaker. So that, we can that all I didn't like know. Nara Cash. Yeah. But I do li- but yeah. I do listen to Cryon and I think he's fantastic. And um and yeah, but that's some some interesting information. Cool. Thank you. Yeah, so great. So can you keep me on point and tell me what the next question was again? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Can you go a little bit into what our soul blueprint is, please? Yes, certainly. So imagine this. We're, you know, people often talk about consciousness as being like a drop in the ocean. Mm -hmm. So let's imagine, you know, the massiveness of the singularity, consciousness, whatever that is. We don't really know for sure, but we're all kind of working to connect with it. And so one little drop separates itself off to become an individual piece of consciousness or a soul. Mm-hmm. And so then the soul then has to sort itself out into some kind of mechanism or energetic being that can then go into other dimensions to know itself, not in just the single first or second dimension, or it, but all the other dimensions and the third dimension into which we incarnate. So Mm -hmm. it does that by generating eight different energy centers and uh, initially living with one or two different soul groups that are most like its unique energetic expression. And that's the divine soul blueprint. And then once it does that, it knows itself very well. And then it can go off to a different star system or another soul group or whatever it might be to learn about itself from a different perspective. And so that's all the soul wants to do ever is to learn about itself. Yeah, absolutely. And so I was curious, if we've got our soul blueprint and our soul has decided before incarnating as Mm -hmm. to what this life is going to, is going to be, what lessons we are going to learn, um, Mm -hmm. Does our soul at any point during our lifetime change its soul blueprint? Because say, mm. say we came into this, onto this earth and our soul has said, okay, well, in order to be able to learn these lessons, um, mm. maybe you're, you've got to go through, you know, these hard times, you've got to go through poverty or, or whatever it is to be able to learn what you need to learn. Is there at any time that you can actually change that soul blueprint and say, well, you know, I've kind of learnt what I need to learn right now, so now I want to change how, you know, I want to be able to bring that abundance into my life, kind of because I was reading, I was reading something the other day where someone was asking that question, mm-hmm. and and they're like, but if my soul's decided that I've got to go through this, but I really want to have that abundance, I really want to have that, you know. Um, a different type of life how mm. would that happen how can your soul sort of like change that <laughs> just, just two questions in one there jennifer yes, interesting. Totally. <laughs> so first of all it's been my experience because yep. of the way i read for clients mm-hmm. that the soul blueprint itself think of that as literally a blueprint it's mm-hmm. unchanging okay yes Think of you, you can think of it as the bare bones of the soul or the structure of a house right it's mm-hmm. probably once a house is built it's probably not really a good idea to change the blueprint <laughs> no. unless you're going to add on something that is complementary or that, you know, the, the original structure can hold. Mm-hmm. So the soul blueprint itself is unchanging, mm-hmm. but what the soul chooses from life to life, from life lessons, mm-hmm. 
yeah is can be different in every life yeah and depending um, and on what lessons the, you've learned right mm. what you've managed to clear for yourself and what karma you've got that may be causing energetic blocks and restrictions so you can't access your soul blueprint those could prevent you from creating the, the abundance you want in a particular life for example uh, wouldn't that, does that human, make sense yes human, absolutely wouldn't human free will uh, allow you to change your blueprint um think of it as a system like an original con uh construct from creator consciousness greater than self you know god put your name there whatever your term is and so it's almost like that's what consciousness chose to do mm -hmm. so as a piece of consciousness incarnated in a human body we're actually a bit limited by what we can do but something that some souls do is they start to move away from their original divine soul blueprint. Mm -hmm. And they do that by making loads and loads of different and opposing choices in many, many lifetimes. Okay. And so they literally lose a sense of themselves as a soul. So if we're so going, that, if we're going away from our original soul blueprint, then would there be, we would start to recognise that, wouldn't we? Because we would start to feel like we're not being our true self. We'd start to, would we Would we know that we're moving away from what our original soul blueprint is? You wouldn't know? Possibly it? not. Possibly yeah. not. So you Sometimes, could go a whole yes. lifetime and not know. Right, yeah. right. But you could go several lifetimes yeah. and then find yourself in a very, very difficult lifetime where you, because the point of connecting with your divine soul blueprint is that's where we get our vital force energy from yeah aka prana or chi mm -hmm. so you know that's our life force so yep. if we don't have that um then we start to go off in different directions and um some people can disconnect almost completely from their original soul blueprint and you know that can get that can end up in very difficult stressful traumatic lives you know wow. You could use the term negative, but that just means not aligned to your soul yeah. blueprint originally. Yeah. I wonder if that's what happens to people who commit suicide. They they've lost their their uh, way from their soul blueprint. Um, I would see that as a human situation. Mm. So uh, suicidal ideation comes from um, an individual's lack of chemical balance in in the brain for example or it can come from a pre-existing uh, mental or medical condition mm -hmm. um i would say it may happen to somebody who's disconnected from their soul blueprint and they feel an absolute loss of hope you know yeah. in any future that they can see from themselves that could be an entirely possible outcome but i wouldn't I know I'm like nitpicking here, but mm. that's how the yeah. energy is coming through for me as I'm answering your questions. So I hope <laughs> you don't feel like I'm being no. too <laughs> picky about trying to define it. But um, essentially, um, it comes down to how many you know choices in a trajectory, if you like, of how many lives a person makes. Sometimes people will choose to check out. Yeah. And that is sometimes a pre-existing uh idea or lesson that the soul itself has set up 
Exactly. Um, and and I was just about to say in those sort of situations, because I have had people in my life that have done that. Um, mm-hmm, and too, yeah, and I think most of us ha- know somebody um, mm-hmm. to some degree. But I've I've always believed that that our soul they have a purpose for our life and once once that purpose for that lifetime is kind of like has been fulfilled then Mm -hmm. we may move on and they may choose to check out whether it's in that way whether we've got illness uh whatever it is and i think that there are situations that um where the person feels completely disconnected from their higher self at that point, mm-hmm. they feel completely separate from from who they truly are, and at that point, I think it can lead to to the lead up to um, suicidal ideation. So, but um, yeah, that's a very interesting question, Carl. Yeah, yeah. You know, like you guys, I, I know I know too many people personally that have that's happened to. Um, I'm gonna switch gears here a little bit i've I've read and i find this fascinating that not only you are an expert in akashic records but you are an empath a medium and a medical (laughs) intuitive how do those play into what you do overall with (laughs) records who i don't really ask for those to come in i wouldn't say um I love uh i was taught by richard bandler initially who's one of the originators of nlp and he used to call being called an expert as like expert little dribble, you know, which kind of <laughs> changes the whole word. I've certainly experienced those things happening. I wouldn't like with the medical intuition, it only comes in in specific circumstances. Mm-hmm. So I kind of keep that under the umbrella of everything else I do with the mediumship the same. I did study mediumship for quite a while, but it seems to me I get readings that just come in because there's a healing required yeah. or because the person is already we're already in their records which is fifth dimensional awareness and that's where souls can be read so other souls go hey I was with this person in life you know yep. and I want to bring through this information oh I've just got the chills so oh. um <laughs> <laughs> so uh that's what they call it's really funny it's called um pilo erection you know when all the hairs yes, on your arms stand, all up, the hairs stand that's up that's kind of the nature of akashic energy so I obviously got some kind of something going on there as I mentioned that subject so think of it that way think of it like a psychic is somebody who can read present life energy and post and look at possibilities and probabilities right yep. you know mm-hmm. like next week you will see a black cat cross your path I'm I'm making fun I don't you know yeah I don't intend to make fun of psychic people because they do great predictions which aren't really my specialty yeah but then you've got a psychic medium who's somebody that can actually look at the relationships uh energetically around an individual Mm -hmm. you know and that's how they read people who might have passed and then you've got an akashic records reader which i hope you don't mind me saying this but i kind of joke about it being like a psychic medium on crack it's like you can see like all you know multi-dimensional versions of a soul and all its connections as well yeah absolutely why those experiences happen sometimes yes and i have always been highly empathic carl that's true i agree yeah it's uh, I mean I'm, I'm I'm a highly empathic person too and you know for for a long time it was difficult because and even even sometimes today it's difficult because you know you pick up the energies of everybody it's mm-hmm. just um but I think it can be such a blessing too 
I think being an empath can be such a blessing um, in many aspects. But what I want to ask you is you do readings, you do Akashic Records readings for people. I do indeed, yeah. Do you, do you ever, as you're doing the Akashic Record readings, do you ever bring in the angels or um, other divine beings at that those particular points? Uh, there are occasions, yes, but it's always related to the frame of reference I'm setting for the client. Mm-hmm. So in my early days, um, I was worked with a particular teacher and we were both at a particular stage in our development. And uh, one of my oldest clients, I was reading for her and it was literally like I saw a purple curtain get pulled back in front of my psychic eye. And in walked um, this ascended master who's a Hindu ascended master. And I was like, oh, I must be out of the Akashic Records because that's what I've been taught, that when Ah. you get a a visitor like that. And he actually said, no, no, you did nothing wrong. I have a particular message for the client. So then he transmitted his message and left. Wow, cool. And so the curtain went back. And then this teacher that I was working with in her second book, you know, later on, she goes, oh, actually, sometimes you will encounter ascended masters or angelic beings or other beings during records readings. And I was like, oh, great. That's nice. Me being me, empathic me, I was like, oh, no, I'm I'm not doing the great job for the client. You know, (laughs) I must have done something wrong. (laughs) So, yes, depending on what's needed, um, then an energy, a different energy might come in. That's true, yes. Okay. That sounds like fun. I'm uh, I'm really curious uh, about your 2010 spontaneous awakening to Akashic, uh, to the Akash. Can you elaborate a little bit on I'm just really curious about that. It must have been an amazing experience. It was a bit of everything, Carl, because I think sometimes people who end up working in this field have... Uh, a calling you know or a reason to be doing it and so the way it worked for me in 2010 was actually the year my dear mum passed away mm-hmm. um while she, when she got very unwell and I won't go into the reasons here because it's a bit political so we'll <laughs> keep that away from <laughs> this kind of thing uh I actually got a book in the mail that I hadn't ordered about the Akashic Records Mm. and I was in a like a spiritual book club at the time and I was like but I didn't ask for this one you know yeah anyway the universe sent it to you the universe sent it to me accidentally Mm -hmm. quote Mm -hmm. unquote uh so I I picked up this book and I was already doing energy work and at the time I was working with a shaman here in Wichita Wichita does have shamans by the way but uh this one had actually left has left by now So anyway, uh, I opened this book and I felt all this energy move over my body and it really freaked me out. Mm. And literally after reading the first few chapters of that book, I was that's when I got my opening. I found I could read the records. It was like it gave me a framework for everything I've been doing up to that point. Um, And so that that was the opening that year. And then later that year, I also lost one of my dearest friends. Mm -hmm. And that was a really big shock. So I feel like somehow, sometimes loved ones guide us on the way, mm-hmm. you know, that it's their time to that. go and they kind of open a window for us. So I feel like all of that was connected in that year. So thank you for asking, Carl. I appreciate it. So the the Akash, if somebody is really wanting to start, because it's something that I, I would love to be able to read the Akash. It's not something that I do at this point, but um, I'm very curious about it. And if we were wanting to to do that, the third eye would play a big part in that, wouldn't it? 
So, so for your third eye to be open at that particular point in time, what does it feel like when you're actually when you're actually reading the Akashic records? Oh, that's so interesting because you've raised something that a lot of people think to be the case that the Akashic records is all about. It's a bit like you know streaming another channel on your TV. Yeah. You know, like four ninety nine a month. What can I get for this? You know? <laughs> It's actually, it can really depend on the individual and mm-hmm. their experience of the records. So um, it's actually all chakras are involved, not yep. just the third eye, all mm-hmm. energy is involved. And so the more we work on ourselves vibrationally, yeah, um, you know, through spiritual practice and meditation, the better the records is for everyone. And that when it comes to how each person works in the records, I'm very kinesthetic. Mm -hmm. I'm empathic so you know I was just talking about things like hair sticking up on your arms that's one of the ways I get to know that I'm saying something that's absolutely true for somebody I'm connecting with yeah um and so I happen to be very clear audience so that's clear hearing so I Mm -hmm. get a lot of messages that I hear if somebody was more clairvoyant I do get to see as well but it tends to come in with voices first Mm-hmm. So I have this view, you see, that everyone has a different primary clair. And so for them, you know, like somebody might be a gut feel person, so they're going to feel stuff first. Yeah, that's where that's where I tend to that's where I tend to um tend to sit. So mm-hmm. um but I do get but I do get the like you said, the hair standing on on your um on your body and stuff. I do get that as well when mm-hmm. when messages are coming through. So um, yeah, so I think I think it depends on the individual, um, and I do mm-hmm. I do hear some um, some messages come in. So, um, but I'm I'm curious, and I'm I'm still on my journey as as we all are. So, yay, yay! <laughs> <laughs> I, I do have a question. I wondered uh, yeah. your empathic and intuitive uh, abilities do has. Does it ever cause you any awkward moments in your personal life when you're just chatting with somebody who has no clue? <laughs> it would do. Yeah. I, what I've learned over the years, Carl, is how to manage that. Um, because for some people who are highly empathic and highly sensitive, often there's a reason from their younger life where they've had to be, like there was some aspects of my childhood where I had to really learn to be on my guard at home. So I naturally, by default, used to expand my energy field to sense who was coming. Mm. So for a lot of people who are highly intuitive people, hips, you know, highly sensitive people, HSPs, whether they connected the dots yet or not, they're actually in that scenario. So what I learned to do over time was to manage my energy and manage my chi. But um, one of the things that can sort of put the cat amongst the pigeons regards this energy management stuff is um how can I put it recreational substances so (laughs) (laughs) uh, I mean an example of this was my second husband we were out one night um I think it was red lobster or somewhere like that you know and we were at the bar it was in Branson which is in Missouri where a lot of people go for holidays and things and uh so we were there and we were just finishing up dinner and I confess I'd had an alcoholic coffee you know I'm not a great Mm -hmm. drinker and I I barely touch it these days because of professional reasons but and I was feeling a bit jolly and my uh, then husband said oh why don't you read that guy at the bar you know because he knew kind of I I could do that 
so I did and anyway he went up to pay and I left and I was out by the by our truck and he said to me oh uh tell me about that you know what what the about the guy and I said oh I saw these massive fish jumping around his head they had really like silvery scales I don't know what that was about but that's all I saw and he said oh my god he said that guy he said I talked to him when I was paying the bill he's here for a local bass fishing competition <laughs> okay it's all the late you know there's lakes and yeah lakes and, and uh, at that point he opened the door for me and the door hit me in the head <laughs> and I take that as a you know uh from my don't guy. don't like, ever do that <laughs> don't be voyeuristic it's not so it's you know while we can feel like oh we're being attacked on all sides it's also you know energetically speaking it's our responsibility also to manage our energy in specific ways so I think finding that fine balance for anyone who's sensitive or empathic is really going to help them on the journey yeah absolutely and so because being an empath and being highly Mm -hmm. sensitive to people's energies um I know myself um, personally, I sense, like I said, 2021 was a crazy year with Mm. COVID and everything else that was going on. Um, This year we've come in where even more stuff's been happening. Um, So can you tune into that that fear and judgment and chaos in in this collective energy at the moment? Like are you feeling that as well, especially in 2021? Yeah, it's been a crazy year. Two people I talked with recently, one was my uh, accountant, because, you know, it's tax season, right? <laughs> yeah. It is in the States anyway. Would you agree, Carl? Tax season, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, the yeah. fun times. Ours is in June, which is really strange. Why you would have a tax season in, in June, but you've got until December to pay if you need to pay tax. So, right. You want to try the UK? It's like, I think it's March till April. How weird is that? <laughs> <Sweet>. <laughs> Some king or queen must have, you know, decided on that. Anyway. Because um, I used to run a business in the UK, that's why I know about that. Okay. Um, so, cut a long story short. Now I've gone blank. No, I've been you were talking. We are you were talking, you were talking to. <laughs> you were talking to two people. Your accountant about the oh, collective yes. energy at the moment. Yes. Mm-hmm. Literally, when I was discussing this, and this, you know, we just all of us cried in the conversations. I have literally noticed how many people are so deeply moved by the situation in Ukraine. Mm. And my accountant, I thought this was brilliant. She said she went and hired an Airbnb, you know, online in Ukraine for people to stay in. Oh, nice. What a brilliant way to help people out. And she said she got the most amazing thank you messages back. So it's like really hitting everyone at the heart level, I feel. And I did a prediction at the beginning of the year and I kept writing about Russian pipelines. And I was like, why am I writing? I thought maybe oh, we'll have an oil spill or something. And yeah. now I get what it's all about. Yeah, absolutely. But so, you know, it's really, and uh, it, I actually found I had to stop listening to the news as much as I was the first few days because I was literally crying when I heard the stories. I don't yeah. know how you guys have been feeling about all of this. Well, I deliberately don't watch the news because mm. I the the, the energy is just too too strong for me. So I, I don't watch the news. And in fact, people say, Oh, what's happening with such and such? And I go, no idea, because I don't watch the news. I, I just sit here all day and go, oh, oh. oh <laughs> just meditate all day. <laughs> Wouldn't you know, that be I, cool? I have to ask you, you know, I'm, I'm curious about that medical intuitive simply because, and Jennifer is really aware of this, because 
I'm a facilitator of a, an online Facebook group called the Power of Aid Healing Group, and we have members mm-hmm. from around the globe. As a matter of fact, just a few hours ago, we had uh, Jennifer was on it, and we, we mm-hmm. healed. Uh, we did well. I should, we focused our healing intentions mm-hmm. upon a, a woman with cancer, but we had people from Spain and from Romania and the United States and and on in Australia and. Well, it would be great to have a medical intuitive join my power of eight, but that might put a little burden on you to come on and do that. <laughs> yeah, I uh, very much appreciate the invitation. I did um, pretty intense energy work for five years or so. Yeah. And it really helped me understand that, you know, depending on the individual, there are appropriate focuses or foci, whatever the word is for our gifts. Mm-hmm. And uh, I find that my chi is has much more longevity in a day. I get less tired working when I work in the records at that kind of level, the fifth yeah. dimensional awareness, than if I work with local energy. So what tends to happen for me is if I'm in the records, I might get some information to suggest to somebody, maybe you should get that checked out. You know, yeah. or have you looked at your magnesium levels or something like that? Because I'm not, the other thing is I'm not a medical practitioner. I've learned a lot about energy, but so, I, and I keep coming back to the frame of reference in the Akashic Records. It's like what you put in, you get out. Yeah. So for me as a practitioner, if I was going to do that sort of work, I much prefer working with somebody who's got some medical awareness and I can go, there's this, this, and this, what does that mean? Yeah. You know, instead of trying to diagnose. So that I tend to find I run out of chi basically too quickly mm-hmm. <laughs> and I can't do enough readings, you know. Yeah. And so I don't think it's the area where my gift is meant to be focused. Yeah, but I do appreciate the invitation. Thank you, Carl. So I would like to ask this. I know you've taken Jennifer through the Akashic Records process if somebody comes to you um what is what is that process that you will take a client through is is it long and involved is it up to the individual on on what you do uh okay so for each individual i would ask for their any legal names in this life because some people change their names or you know their online persona only has a nickname or something so i'm not going to know that what their legal name Mm. is uh, or the email or whatever and i ask for their date of birth and their place of birth And that's all I need to know. Mm -hmm. And then I attune to their Akashic records using that information and being sure I do a process where I check whether they have something called blocks to truth or not, which can be conditions that mean I can't read their soul blueprint clearly at the time being. It doesn't happen very often. Mm. Um, But I have a check process that I do. So once I know I I can read clearly for them, I do 12 different readings, but the one that Jennifer had was, I think, the Soul Star reading. The Soul Star right? reading, yep. Mm-hmm. Where you learn about your divine soul blueprint, um, any blocks and restrictions that are ready to be cleared from present life and also one past life. So it gives you like a really good, like dip in the dip your toe in the Akashic waters mm-hmm. and that thing. Yep. Is your really good idea. But I do 12 different readings. So as long as I can attune to that person's soul blueprint, I can read for them. It's really that simple. And then they can choose, the person can choose. Like some people want to know about their soul purpose. Some people want to know more about their life lessons. Some people are really focused on relationships. And some Mm. people just have a list of general questions that they want to ask because they're super curious. So as long as I have that, 
then we can just go in whatever direction based on the 12 types of readings I do uh, that a client wants. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Wow, that has that has been a, a, a lot of information on the Akashic Records and I definitely recommend people go and get a reading because it is so fascinating to learn about your soul and your divine blueprint and it it gives you a bit of an insight into into your soul purpose and um and all of that information so if people want to get in touch with you and they want to get their akashic records read where can they go to sarah thanks so much for asking jennifer well like my main site is called mom on a spiritual journey and that's spelled m-o-m the american way even though i'm originally a brit so mom on a spiritual journey.com and all the information is there on the different reading types. I also do intuitive coaching. So there's coaching mm -hmm. sessions and there's a client portal. You can um, join the portal and chat with me there. And I've written that blog since 2010, since my mum passed, because mm -hmm. she told me to do it, Carl. She told me to write a blog really, and yeah. tell people when she was very ill, she admitted that she had gifts like me. She kept it hidden for most of her oh. life she admitted it and she said you should write about what you do online that's what she said so that's why it's called mum on a spiritual journey it's not really me it's my mum and ah. she'll forgive me for spelling it the american way right because i'm in the states <laughs> i'm sure she will i'm sure she will now carl do you have any final questions for sarah before we uh wrap up the interview just to uh, remind people, we've been speaking to Sarah Lawrence, an Akashic Records expert, a medium, a medical intuitive, an empath, uh, all kinds of cool stuff. It's been a, a blessing to have you on our show today, right here on Your Spiritual Shift. And I have loved getting back in touch with you again, Sarah, after a year of, um, of craziness. But um, thank you so much for being here with us today and going a bit into the Akashics and um, and what we can do to, to help on our own spiritual journey. So thank you so much for that. Thanks very much. And uh, thanks too to Carl and for all your lovely questions. I really enjoyed myself. Thanks. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Bye.